0: In May of 1951, 60 miles north of present-day Seoul, South Korea, a U.S. Army Regiment was preparing an artillery bombardment when a strange, glowing object descended towards them from a nearby mountain. The craft approached close enough that a private was able to take aim and fire armor-piercing rounds and seemingly strike the object, eliciting a metallic sound. Suddenly, the craft began to emit a beam of light that swept across the positions of the terrified service members. Some reported feeling a kind of burning sensation throughout their body as the light covered them. The craft then shot off at a 45-degree angle, leaving the soldiers confused and fearing they had seen some kind of new Soviet superweapon. Within days, the men started reporting symptoms that seemed to resemble radiation sickness. Similar symptoms were reported by two women and a young boy who were unfortunate enough to encounter a similar craft on a December night in 1980. This encounter would leave at least one of the ladies completely debilitated within just a few days and with seemingly lifelong effects. It would lead to one of the only UFO cases in history where a formal lawsuit was brought against the U.S. government for damages caused by an unidentified flying object. This case file join the theorists as they dab on their radioactive bingo cards in... The Cash Landrum UFO Encounter.
1: Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 179, the Cash Landrum UFO incident. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew.
2: Woo. <laughs> Doubleheader tonight. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're a, little, it's a little sloppy. <laughs> what the fuck? Was that Dan?
2: Whatever
3: whatever noises you just made, Zan, is the only thing that's happening in my head right now. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got, man. <laughs> also,
1: we are one month away, if you're listening to this, less than a month away from the second annual running challenge. Oh, and, no. Uh, it's going to start April 1st. If you want in, uh, you got to download Map My Run. It's an Under Armour app, free on your phone. Uh, create your profile and add me, Braden R. You'll see me because I have the ATT logo as my profile picture. Or Ryan, are you are you are you just Ryan Zed?
2: I don't know. Add you. I'm not sure what I am to be honest.
1: Add me, Braden R. And then I will invite you to the challenge that begins April 1st. Um, we logged an unbelievable amount of uh, miles and kilometers as a group last year. Uh, hopefully, we can beat it this year. Uh, just about getting out there, getting active, start the year,
2: working off um, those winter beers.
3: Yeah. I don't know, man. All, all it sounds like to me is a bunch of guys just trying to be the best at exercising not <laughs> no. into it, they play and, real sports.
1: And just a lot of people have messaged on discord and asked like, Oh, you know, I'm not much of a runner, but I'd like to participate in walking. Like, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. This isn't. A, it's it's not so much a competition as it is about everyone getting out and kind of being supportive of each other uh, and just seeing how much we can log. However, says the wanted, guy
3: that's been training for this. However, Guy's if got you to- want it. But he's got a picture of Zeitgeist. He's got a picture of Mr. Zeitgeist on his wall. And he's just training. No way. Never. But he's playing. Listen, he's playing Rocky montage fucking music in his room, bobbing, weaving, getting ready for this fucking running challenge.
1: (laughs) It's it's pretty close. But the top 10, there's going to be some scrutiny. Like if you're all of a sudden, you know, posting your workout post run, not doing the automatic upload, you're uploading it yourself. You're going to have some questions. You get beaked to answer. You're going to get beaked. The top 10, there's some scrutiny that comes with that. Uh, But if you just want to participate, yeah, it's open to everyone. So uh, add me, and it's going to be a fun, shitty month again of running. Hopefully I don't have (laughs) lifelong uh, injuries like I did after the last month.
2: I still kind of do, but that's all right. Uh, Yeah, just uh, get out there, get some kilometers on you, walking, running, hiking, whatever you can do. Let's do it together.
3: I mean, you do have the fucking forest beard now, Zell. I think that probably is going to add some extra miles on you. I was,
2: I wasn't sure how long I'm going to grow this thing, but maybe I should just keep it going and just keep running. That's and running. Dude, that's
3: the forest gum. You're running. never going to stop.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
1: It's, it's. You got a good looking beard. I'm not going to lie. It's nice. She's I'm fucking jealous.
3: thick, coming from patches of hula over there.
2: She's yeah, thick, and uh, terrible, I'm terrible about to get beard. get some wax because I, got, I kept growing out the side stash so I can get a good, there you go. good yeah, get fucking that. twist. Oh, a
0: good look, Zell. Good twist going Flip on. Those to get those all going up there, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It's good stuff. So jealous. I'm
1: so yeah. jealous. Anyways, what good. are we talking about tonight? The Cash Landrum UFO incident. Oh. This is a fucking phenomenal UFO case. Fun one.
3: Not only is it a phenomenal UFO case, but just what you just said, that's the name of the coolest guy ever made. Cash Landrum. Sounds like a fucking detective. <laughs> you know, like cash
0: landrum. Yeah. <laughs> God Just, damn it, cash or loose cannon. That's the third fucking police cruiser this week. Sixty thousand dollars of property damage in one yeah. month. God damn it, turn in your badge and gun.
1: Aim for the bushes. God damn it, Cash. That thief only had eleven dollars in his per- in the purse. <laughs> You cost $500,000 worth
0: of damage to the city.
3: <laughs> Crime doesn't pay. Yeah, it's a
2: fun one for sure.
0: Yeah, so Cash Landrum is the combination of the two uh, the two family members that were in the two families that were the last names of the two people who were in the car, uh, three people that were in the car uh, on the evening of December 29th, 1980. So you had Betty Cash, Vicky Landrum, and then Vicky's seven year old grandson, Colby Landrum. Right, they were driving home from Dayton, Texas, uh, in Cash's Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile Cutlass, and they had just before that dined out at a probably uh, high class uh, dining establishment. It's also a truck stop restaurant. <laughs> the burgers there, man. Best burgers. Yeah, after what they uh, what seemed to be an unsuccessful hunt yeah, for get, bingo, you get a Salisbury steak in a in a handy.
2: An unsuccessful hunt for bingo led them on this yeah. journey.
0: Yeah, uh, that's what they described on their in their interviews uh, after this, like official interviews. They were looking for bingo parlors. They had the poor forgotten. kid. The poor kids probably like grandma. Why is there holes in all the bathroom stalls? <laughs> <I>
3: don't understand. <laughs> for a
1: there good a time, b- called Big Red. <laughs> what does that mean? There are a couple bingo sharks going from <laughs> hall to hall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had originally gone to uh, Cleveland, Texas uh, from Dayton. So they had driven from Dayton to Cleveland, Texas, Texas, and then they had, uh, we had too many beers on Cosmic Channel. <laughs> like, it's so fucked up right now. Uh, we're all braiding enough. now. <laughs>
3: oddly enough, at this particular truck stop, they ran into George Michael, but that's a different story. Keep going.
0: <laughs> so then uh, from Cleveland, they drove to New Caney. And both bingo parlors were closed. I guess uh, they did. They had described that they had forgotten that it was a Monday. And I guess you don't have bingo on Mondays. I'm not a bingo shark, so I don't know when bingo is normally had, I suppose. But it had been a long holiday. This is the, the holiday season, so December 29th. They the weren't one sure. One thing
1: I wanted to in- interject is, like, I have gone to a couple halls and played some bingo in my day. And <laughs> honestly, on a Monday? some of the... Never on a Monday, Dan.
0: Everyone knows that.
1: Like, nah, yeah, fuck you. Anybody
0: who plays bingo knows that. You don't dab on a Monday. Uh,
1: But don't fucking roll on Shabash. These ladies in this hall, I I played up in Fort Nelson. There was like a video bingo. Um, I could manage like four sheets that I would dab. And there would be like ladies that had like... Must be like 25 full? sheets in front of them, and they've got dual fisting dabbers, and they're just like dabbing numbers like crazy the entire time. I'm like, holy shit, like goddamn, like this is intense. So, <laughs> you know, I think Vicky and uh, uh Betty were bingo sharks. Yep.
3: Season vets, man.
1: Like they had to get the fix, they're so addicted. Hall to haul to sharken. If you have relatives <laughs> that have issue with bingo call the bingo hotline.
2: (laughs) Look it up.
0: So uh, after, you know, being unable, unsuccessful in their hunt for bingo, they had dined out at this truck stop restaurant and then they were traveling home on state road. 1485 is what is uh, reported. And so this road, uh, it kind of cuts in between. Um, If you look on a map like new Caney Dayton, where they were heading home to, uh, are kind of like uh, a little a bit like New Caney's about northwest of them a little bit, probably about probably 20 miles, maybe something like that. So what they actually when they're driving there, they're talking about whatever relating stories about what they're having. And then Colby from the back seat seems to be the first to spot an unusually large and bright object that seemed to be moving through the night sky. And Wait he a pointed second. it out.
3: Don't just, I thought we had an audio clip of that. Can we play that?
2: Sure. Here, It yeah. s- sounds something like this.
3: Ma! 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 You see that light? Ma! Ma, you see that light? What in tarnations are you talking about, Kobe? There's a light. There's a light over oh, over the trees oh, on the left. Oh. Oh, Betty,
1: he, I think he's just... He's just bored. Do you oh. have anything that...
3: Can... We can hand to him. Keep oh, him hush qu- now, quiet, child. child! Child, Kobe, now go ahead. Put your hands out. I'm, 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 I'm just gonna reach down here in the bottom of my purse and just grab about fourteen Werther's candies and just drop them in your hands.
1: But, oh, are those Werther's originals? You know what, child? I think I also have some liquid licorice all sorts. Would you, you like did. some of
3: those? <laughs> Now, Colby, tell me, you know those little, those little strawberry candies that leave those little strawberry splinters in your, in your tongue? I'm going to give you some of those too, child.
1: Oh, and, <laughs> and child, just in case after you have the candy, here's a little toothpick that's going to be picked out by this tiny bird that you push down. And he p- picks the toothpick, child. There you go. Uh, oh, child, ma, child, don't ma. you
3: worry about that because I got, I got these little moist towelettes I got from a Chinese restaurant about six months ago. Here, here's a little moist towelette.
1: Oh, and child! don't don't forget there's about 14 fortune cookies. You can crush them all and pick which
3: fortune you want. But ma ma, ma. Uh, No, no, but no, no, oh, no, you hush now, child. Hush now, child, cuz if you if you look beside you look 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 behind you there, Kobe, right beside the suction-cupped Garfield in the back window, there's actually a little box of Kleenex next to two dead bugs. Go ahead and grab some Kleenexes out the back window. Ma,
1: and and ma, now ma. they are stained yellow from Ten years of UV rays, but this still good. But ma- now, now ma- child, if
3: it gets too bright here, here, just just try on Grandma's HD around glasses. You go ahead try those on.
1: But Mama, it- it, 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 you know, are you cold? I just crocheted you a scarf. Why don't you put that around your neck, child? But
3: Mama, now, Kobe, that- no, Kobe, relax now, Kobe. I th- you look a little bit thirsty to me. I've actually got this half drinking
0: lukewarm bottle
1: oh, of Canada Lord, Jesus, Dry. Oh, Jesus, what is that on the road? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh betty and vicky after sounding exactly like zelda rubenstein from poltergeist uh, <laughs> seemed to notice this light getting closer to the car approaching a lot closer than a normal aircraft would be they didn't really take notice before because the road that they were traveling on was about 35 miles from houston international airport so uh betty and vicky kind of they didn't really kind of think anything strange of what it was until they saw this object get extremely close and pretty much right in the middle of the road. And so uh, what they describe seeing is some type of large diamond shaped object that was floating probably about 130 feet away from where they were. Uh, Vicky told Betty to stop the car And uh, Vicky remembers uh, fearing that they would actually be burned by what seemed to be flames emitting from the bottom of the craft. Uh, She described in an interview uh, that that these flames seemed to be coming out, maybe intermittently, they weren't constant. So they were kind of like coming down like, like, and every time the flames would come out, the object would seem to rise back up into the air, but it was just sitting there in the bottom. So they were, you know, obviously at this point they were, upset both of them all pretty much freaking out uh when they stopped the car uh <laughs> vicky said that she put it in park and because she, she still recalls the uh the radio still being on though it was set to a low volume uh when the car actually then went dead oh so we've heard this now before. you have it, even inside the car they both reported feeling this this uh intense heat or a burning sensation on their skin and face well it's like and,
1: anytime there's like even pyrotechnics and you're in a stadium you like it. you feel that rush of heat so i could i imagine if it's some like big craft with a propulsion system pointed at your car like you you're, you're gonna feel that heat
0: <laughs> yeah uh now betty i believe exited the car at this point and and there there are different reports when i when i was researching this that either both of them or really just betty exited the car because vicky uh it was also saying that vicky stayed in the car with colby but then there's also reports that vicky and both vicky Vicky, and betty exited the car at some point yeah
3: uh stayed in the car to proclaim the uh second coming of jesus christ
0: yeah 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 from what i heard it was
3: turned right away
1: it's like yeah
2: from what I, what I heard, Jesus. it was Betty who got out of the car because yeah, he was in the car reciting. This is that second coming of Jesus Christ. This is revelations happening right okay, now. Listen,
3: now think about this. This woman is in here proclaiming the return of Jesus Christ. Colby's in the backseat, shitting his fucking pants. Betty gets out. Think about how fucking tormented that poor kid would be after this now. He's going to be waking up in the middle of the night being like, Jesus is coming to get me.
0: It definitely made an impact on Colby because he does recall, and you can check, uh, he was probably, he was on an episode of Ancient Aliens, like in 2020, and they interviewed him about the incident, and he described uh, very much the same, he recalled the description of the craft, which is very similar to what, um, or, you know, exactly the same that Vicky and Betty both gave, that this this craft was about um, an estimated about 100 feet tall, 100 feet wide. Uh, they like to liken it to about the size of a municipal water tower. Was uh was what right. the, the kind of image that they like to to describe how big this thing was. So it wasn't small; it was a very large craft. Right. Kids
3: messed up for life after that. No kidding. His grandma's telling him it's Jesus. Yeah. What happens if What happens if like two days ago, grandma's friends like I don't think that's Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, and you got your grandma's telling you it's Jesus. What happens if it's like. Kids in his head being like, holy shit, I just jerked off for the first time. Now Jesus is raining and fire from I'm the God's sky. Fucking I killed hell. me and my grandma because I touched my shit.
2: Well, this kid was only like, seven years old. So if he's jerking off at seven, I mean, he's the, yeah, maybe he's the anomaly. But either way, so they, yeah, they stop. Betty gets out. And the story goes that actually Vicky, like, she says she touches like the vinyl dash. And it was right. heated They're, up so much that there's a handprint.
0: Yeah, there's it some th- there's some kind of discrepancy that I that I found there that it was either but that's true that they they recalled that event happening where it was either when uh when Betty stopped the car and and Vicky went forward, she put her hand on the dash and then or it's when they re-entered the car at some point that uh uh Vicky put her hand on the dashboard of the car and perhaps it had been because of a result of the heat of this propulsion or whatever it was going on, like her hand and her fingers left imprints on the softened material of the, of the dash because, because it's softened it like
2: a softened vinyl dash. So I guess in my mind, like it obviously it wasn't like super hot or would have like melted your hand, but it was hot enough to like leave like a, like, like a mold, like a handprint in dust, the same type of thing. Like you could just see the outline probably on the dash, like a nice, right. nice fingerprint.
0: And Vicky claimed even when she tried to reenter the car after being, you know, being outside and observing the craft from outside the car. Uh, for pro- perhaps maybe anywhere from probably five to seven minutes or five to 10 minutes. It's, I don't think it's really a hundred percent clear. She, she put her bare hand on the door handle and she found it hot to the touch so yeah. hot that she couldn't, you know, grip it properly. So she you actually said her- that she used her coat to, to shield her hand from the, from the heat of the door and, and to be able Would you to be getting it.
1: back in your car. Like if you, if you went to go touch your door <laughs> handle and open the door and like all that shit's hot to touch,
3: I wouldn't be like, well, I'm going to sit in the seat. And hey, then, let's we did. Didn't you guys do that little burn house when you were kids in like kindergarten where you go and you got to feel the door handles. Oh, this was hot. You can't open it. That's preschool shit. What? <laughs> You're not yeah. Going back in there. You
2: put the, yeah, you t- touch it with the back of your hand. If it's slightly warm, you don't go in. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Nope. You know better.
0: It, it, it is a, you know, so these are definitely things that they recall clearly from their experience. And so she got back in the car um, from what she re- recalls and then interviews that she did after the event. She was kind of her attitude at the time was like she said that she felt safer outside of the car initially Like she's like okay for some reason her you know she's like my brain told me that we would be safer outside the car than inside the car, Um, I don't I don't know necessarily what thought processes goes into that because it's like I mean if the car died I mean I don't know it's not going anywhere it's not going anywhere well fuck we'll be stuck in the car I'd rather just be able to run or something like that but um, so after they all were inside the car this craft passed over the road. And then out of sight, over the tree line, uh, I think they said from, what is it, from left to right, uh, over them. Yep. And the, the road the road that they were on, 14, uh, 1485, from, uh, runs from east to west. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. 1485 runs from east to west, and then it turns sharply south. But I don't know if it's actually 1485 uh, anymore once it turns south. Once it south, turns, right. I looked on Google Maps. So.
2: <laughs> well, it, the road could have changed from back then, too. I don't know maybe it was so i yeah I, I, i'm
0: not 100% sure if it's if they were just right on there because there's not a a definite record of where they they weren't 100% sure like where they were on the road i'm not I'm, not exactly anyway, sure yeah not exactly so anyways uh they saw the craft move across the road out of sight over the tree line shortly after the craft moved out of sight they recalled seeing or they reported seeing uh and counting a number of tandem rotor helicopters. It was following. like 23 of them, right? Well, yep. Yeah, they counted 23, 26. The report said a little bit. They're not sure because they're saying <laughs> no, that...
1: The report said that they identified 23 tandem rotor Boeing CH-47 Chinooks in pursuit. Right. And I was like, which one of Betty or Vicky ID'd these well, helicopters? No, because- These bingo sharks... Who were like, I'll tell you. <laughs> Be- They're helicopter this? enthusiasts. You can see a, that. Oh, my word. That's no. 23 <laughs> tandem rotor Boeing. CH-47? They, you know? they didn't
2: say the name of the, of the yeah, chopper, she didn't, though. They didn't know exactly
0: what helicopter's um, But For what I'm sure saying is, that's how exactly is it what reported then? How is it reported that no, 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 they're no. like... They saw, they saw the tandem rotor helicopters, which is, they are very distinct. The Chinook helicopters are very distinct having that very uh, unique uh, dual rotor uh, design. Yeah,
1: that's they what... Didn't Vic, no that's, sure how, they that's what Vicky explained to Betty.
3: Are we sure
0: well, we they aren't? Are we positive
3: they weren't Big Blackhawks?
0: No. <laughs> they weren't big no, because the thing is is like they didn't identify them as the CH-47 Chinooks. No. They knew they, they, said they military. Just knew that dual rotor helicopter and then mm-hmm. later after the fact when they saw one, when they actually saw one at they they had like some type of like air show, uh kind of like a National Guard air show in the area. That's when they knew exactly which one it was because they had one at an exhibit like right. an air show exhibition. Uh, at Dayton uh, like near Dayton or something that they had attended yeah. after the experience initially like Vicky said to Betty like I've seen 22 of them helicopters
2: with the two propellers and she's like what and there's one more he's like make that 23 and then Betty goes,
3: oh. I'll tell you what
2: so they seen 20 23 choppers I mean that that's a lot of that's a lot of choppers I mean there's that would that would be a loud rolling thunder coming across the land and yes <laughs> at, at the air show is when like so goes the stories at the air show. They see, they heard a pilot over, like talking about, like, oh, I might have had a, might have seen a UFO, like a, over here. So goes Whoa. the story. So
0: that's that's after the, then, after the but fact. After the fact, but even before that, uh, when they got back home, like immediately, just hours after they got home, all three seemed to fall sick, or they started displaying some type of symptoms, uh, such as uh, nausea. Headaches, diarrhea, reddening of the eyes—all um, of them got hair pretty... being
3: pulled out in clumps.
0: Well, that's cool. at least, yeah, a little bit. So a uh, little bit of uh, hair loss and a kind of a, I I don't know, I like guess severe case in in Betty's case. I believe Betty had the, had it the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Of the three,
1: you know what? This like oh, seeing yeah. pictures of her, seeing pictures of her with her hair loss made me think. What did they say? One in four men. Has male pot- pattern baldness? Mm-hmm. So is that, is it more likely that all four of us have male pattern bar- baldness, or at some point in our life, all four of us have experienced
3: uh, a similar incident? Well, it, incident it, that uh, are you Betty saying and that all, all four of us have experienced ARS in our life. I, I don't know about that. <laughs>
2: Wait, what's ARS? Is that the
3: acute radia- radiation sickness? <laughs> well, hey, oh, saying, think, so. think
2: statistically, only one of us should be balding. So the other yeah. 3 of us have been exposed to uh, radiation.
1: Right. I'm just saying if one of us has male pattern baldness, there's still 3 others with it. What is the chances that it's one of ours is caused by uh, a UFO encounter?
2: Hey, I I'm going to blame mine on I ate a fucking meteorite one time and then that's that what happened. Sense. Mm-hmm. It was see, if a you're ra- telling
3: me the reason why I'm balding is because of fucking alien, I'm about to go Will Smith on all those motherfuckers. Well, maybe as as I see them, one of those guys is getting punched in the face. Maybe
2: because I ate the meteorite, I was irradiated and because we spent so much time together when we we're younger, you all got effect, you both got affected by my you know radiation.
3: Dan doesn't that doesn't make sense for Dan No, but
2: Dan Dan well, I guess the, Dan's the only one that actually is balding. Dan's now. the one in one and four and we're the three <laughs> irradiation victims.
1: Sure. well yeah. I think the only we'll have to you know to sort out that mystery I think we'll have to go to Gobekli Tepe and sort out some answers yeah and yeah. see if we can get hair
0: back get over the turkey the, all, all, the secrets of male pattern baldness are hidden within the ancient ruins of Gobekli Tepe yeah
2: <laughs> pillar 84 circle 3 that's where you find it <laughs>
0: So goes. So, theory. Cash seemed to suffer most severe from these th- these symptoms, but although uh, Colby also seemed to suffer uh, pretty bad as well. Uh, Vicky Vicky said that um, you know, a, like a night after or that 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 night, Colby seemed to wake up and was like uh, severely felt dehydrated or something. That he was demanding water. Um, he had v- like runny diarrhea. Yeah, he pooped his bed. Pooped his bed. Shit the bed. Shit the bed. Definitely shit the bed. Shit shit the bed. The bed. Um, so th- there's this th- there's this sharing of symptoms. Even Vicky said that she felt the kind of like, you know, a, a general sense of like headache, you know, the, the skin, the sensation of her skin, kind of like a small, like a burning, like a light burning sensation. So they're all suffer- suffering somewhat similar Symptoms, but to different different degrees. Right.
3: Now, and it, if you were to put all those symptoms together in a tight little fucking neat little package and deliver to somebody, you would most likely diagnose that situation as some sort of acute radiation poisoning.
2: Just like the sickness, the hair loss, the diarrhea, like all that stuff?
3: Nothing else acute would result in symptoms like that. And now I'm sure we're going to get in a fucking massive argument later, because acutely that those symptoms wouldn't really mimic anything else, but
0: go ahead. (laughs) So, um, they didn't really report their sickness. They didn't go to the hospitals until a few days, almost like a week after I think four days, um, It took
3: took Betty four days to be admitted for to hospital. So Betty, Betty, at one
0: point, like January third, she was admitted to Houston Hospital uh, because she couldn't move. Like she, she could not get up out of bed, or she was feeling so, so bad that she can't. And then she was treated for, not diagnosed, but treated for acute radiation poisoning. Well, which makes sense, right? Because
3: she's at this point in time, I'd imagine she's on some degree. She's she's going to be presenting as hypovolemic. Like she's losing all her bodily fluids, continuously fucking vomiting, diarrhea. You get to a certain point where your blood pressure and shit is just going to fucking tank.
0: Right, oh, and she also down. described having some degree of photosensitivity or sun allergy, which persisted after the fact. So many years after the fact, she also described having some type of sun allergy where she said she couldn't stay out in the sun for too long. She would say that her, her skin would break out in blisters or she would not, or she'd feel sick. Like she couldn't even go out in the sun.
3: Now there are photos too of these like you at following this incident they where they do have these blisters on their skin as well, which is pretty interesting.
0: Right. There's at least one picture, I think, I believe, like the 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 her 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 skin breaking out in some type of rash. It's a black and white photo, correct?
3: Yeah, and then you can see some like like loony-sized fucking blisters on her.
0: Right. It's yeah, it's very yeah, it's unusual. I don't know when that would t- picture was. Ta- I'm not sure when that picture was taken. I don't think I don't know if it's 100 percent labeled about when that picture was taken. I couldn't find. I saw that photo a couple times while researching it, but I couldn't find a definite date for when it was taken.
2: Yeah, you're talking about the one like it's a picture of her hand from like a top view, right?
0: And it's got like a little kind of like a uh, like moon crescent, like a crescent, like uh, wound or something on her, a crescent shaped oh. wound or something on her hand. The yeah. one I
3: saw was completely round, but I, I've got it. I can pull it up.
0: Well, there's like, so I, I'll
2: put it in the stream here. and claim fair use if you're watching the stream. Uh, it's just, it pretty much just looks, if you're looking, you can search on Google, just search uh, like Betty Cash, like hand and you'll find it. I don't know. Can you really see that that well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bigger. Yeah, it does kind of look like, um, you know what it reminds me of? Like initial look, like if I just, if you just had to be like, what, what do you think tattoo? that is? No, I would say have you ever like when I was really young We used to put salt on our hands and then put ice cubes on it and you'd give yourself like a chemical burn That's what it kind of looked like to me. Sounds like right. a Bizarre childhood. <laughs> You're like grade 7 man. <laughs> yeah, let burn our skin. We just cool. just learn science. We're like science is cool <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hurting yourself is cooler. Dude ice and salt people used to do that all the time like
0: yeah <laughs> really? burn
2: their skin like, That's stupid, but people did it. Just,
0: so for Betty, uh, it seems that Betty, like these these symptoms or this, at least the photosensitivity and the blistering skin, these symptoms seem to plague her for years. Uh, not so much the other, uh, like um, Vicky and Colby didn't necessarily experience these these prolonged symptoms or these uh, these conditions. But Colby was uh, seemed to be mentally traumatized by his experience no with this. No kidding. Craft
3: yeah he the, thought it the was. One, Jesus. The one long term thing that I found out with with uh, with Vicky was the fact that she ended up having cataracts. like that was the first thing. instead of going to the hospital, she ended up going to an optometrist because she was still suffering from fucking issues with her sight. and then that's when she got uh, diagnosed with cataracts. It's
2: like she's, but other than that like so like cataract do cataracts form because of like exposure like bright light like do or is it just something more something different?
3: It's normally some sort of like normal hereditary issue that you would have but and this is um, this
2: is Vicky right we're talking about right. this is Vicky, Vicky. so she yeah. she was much older than
0: Betty at the time right
3: which at her age cataracts would not be not, un- unheard of not uncommon right right yeah
0: so Colby was so distressed by their act, by the experience that they had on that road that night that, uh, uh, this is what we had talked about earlier that, uh, Vicky had taken him to kind of try and get him over his, his, I guess his fear I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure if he kind of like, uh, if he like every time he heard a helicopter, he was like freaking out and having like Vietnam flashbacks, which is like a real yeah. thing. PTSD no is a real yeah. thing. And, but yeah, yeah, I don't I'm not sure if that's what it, it, that's how far it went. But, um, you know, just some every- CCR
1: plays in his head and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he curls up on the floor.
0: So I'm not sure if that's how far it went and that he was he was in such a state that, you know, that he was pretty much incapable of doing anything. But she took him to an air show, an exhibition of the Texas National Guard at one point near Dayton. And this is where she had seen the the Chinook helicopter. And she kind of learned, you know, learned the name of the the helicopter where it was. And she tried she tried to take Colby to uh, get him over his fears. Now, while they were kind of getting a tour of one of the one of the helicopters, Vicky believed that she had overheard a, a pilot of of one of the helicopters in a conversation with with another visitor at the time. And he seemed to be talking or what she thought he was talking about a recent UFO incident that had happened around Huffman, Texas, which is just a little bit south, maybe about nine miles south of where they were that night Uh uh, when they they had sighted that UFO, now Vicky actually approached the pilot, and uh, she was relieved to hear uh, about this story because she had they hadn't seen anything up to this point in the media did, about did, this event. Dan, this
1: is the classic scene in a movie where everyone's been telling this woman that she's crazy, and she didn't see what he saw. She's trying to help her her grandson out, be like, okay, let's go to the air show. And she's like, see, there's nothing to be afraid of. And as she says that, she overhears this pilot talking about the year of you know faux incident. She goes, I know I'm not crazy. I know it happened. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's how that would play out. And now the I kids mean, freaked I, out. I imagine again she was like, a little <laughs> bit
0: I imagine she was a little bit more cordial about it. Vicky from her interviews and uh on TV and uh from the uh the transcribed interviews, she seemed a little bit more down yeah. to earth than that, <laughs> but she did. Um, if you
2: watch, cause I watched the unsolved mysteries of this case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, they seem like they seem pretty normal in the interviews. Like not they're not like screaming about that. There was this craft. They're just like, I did this and I got sick and blah, blah, blah. So.
0: Right. So I, I, Vicki said that she approached this guy, uh, or, or uh, approached the pilot of the craft with, you know, with relief. She was like, yeah, I, I saw that thing and, and it did something and it hurt my friend and my, my, my grandson got sick and so, uh, you know, she tried to talk to the pilot more about the UFO incident, tried to get him to tell her more about what happened. And then she said that the pilot at that point refused to talk to her anymore about that incident. He's like classified. I mean,
3: yeah, but he's he, he's already bullshitting it with, it with somebody else about it. What's the difference? Well, that's what's, what, what's that's the what difference she thinks she Is heard, he was probably
1: he was probably leaning against the helicopter talking to some young girls, being like, Yeah, we chased a UFO a, a week back, and then grandma <laughs> comes wanted wanting more information, right? He's like, Oh shit. Or Get rocks fucking
2: Grey Bush. Or he was just talking to another pilot about it. Great well, So um,
0: th- there was an actual yeah. legitimate <laughs> formal report uh, by the Pentagon into the the incident and uh, by Lieutenant Colonel George Saran or Saran. And they identified the pilot who had been making the remarks that day as chief warrant officer three Culberson chief warrant officer being just like he's a a a, enlisted, you know, senior enlisted officer. Uh, So in their quote, they said that in conversation with, uh, with the aircraft pilot, uh, cw3 colberson uh had mrs landrum had heard him say that he was flying the evening of the incident so not necessarily that he had seen a ufo but that he was flying that evening and then she pressed him for more details and then he responded with uh he was prohibited from adding more information because of national security so Mm. you know I mean, it could have been something completely innocuous. It could have been something, whatever, but he just wasn't allowed to say anything else. So, whether he was talking to a colleague or an actual, like an actual visitor, not 100% sure. That's just how the story goes. How the story goes, (laughs) right. And uh, we
2: got more to this case, but uh, we're just going to refill, take a quick beer break, and we'll be right back. Now, uh,
0: Landrum and and both cash believed that they had seen something and they were actually strictly believed that it was th- that it wasn't something actually ufo they believed that it was something earthly so like they were kind of set on that it was some type of government technology or some type of military technology that they had seen and encountered and had perhaps you know had hurt them or had had caused these um these conditions that they were experiencing, these these uh, these symptoms that they were they had, so it, they contacted pretty much everyone that they could possibly think of. They they said that they tried to call Washington at some point. Uh, they tried to contact NASA uh, in trying to find someone who could give them some answers. And eventually, they were put in contact with the NASA aerospace engineer John Schuessler at the time, who was an avid UFO researcher at the time now this is 19 what did i say this is 1980 so blue book uh operation blue book and all of, pretty much all of the official like official like uh government funded investigatory bodies for ufos had right. been closed like uf like blue book didn't exist at this point there were none of those things like a tip wasn't even a thing uh that we know then. of yet yeah that we know of <laughs> There wasn't. There wasn't really a body to investigate these these reports. So the, the military had pretty much had their say, and they, you know, U.S. government said that these or the scientists that they had uh, hired to assess the threat of UFOs uh, had said that these things are not a threat. They have. They don't. They maybe they seem to be here. Uh, if if they are from another planet or some other place, we don't know why they're here, but they're not threatening in any way. But anyways. Well, but they believed that this was something that had hurt them, physically hurt them, affect them. And they wanted to know what it was. So they got in contact with John Schusler. Now, Schusler reported that he had started his investigation. He had talked with them. He had found, uh, you know, had in-depth conversations with both of them, uh, you know, Betty and Vicky. And he had found them to be reliable witnesses. He had found them to be, uh, it, you know, down. Like we yeah. described them down to earth, because I mean, if you watch videos of them and you look at their their testimonies, they they don't they don't really seem to exaggerate. They just kind of say what they believe happened. They, they seem sound say,
2: sound of mind, like they seem right, just normal. Yeah,
1: our, even our boy Mister Leo Sprinkles thought thought so. <laughs> Mister Doctor Sprinkles,
0: Doctor Sprinkles, Sprinkles. you yeah. talking
3: about Doctor Sprinkles? Yeah. Come on now, Doctor Sprinkles. He
0: met with the women too right they uh at least one of them had gone i believe had gone under hypnotic regression therapy at some point and then she did report that in her interview i think it was either becky well it's either becky or vicky which one was it
1: i don't remember which i to i I, i'd just be guessing i don't remember if it was betty or vicky one of them (laughs) i know it
0: was either i think it was i think it was betty um that had gone underneath uh hypnotic regression about that time trying to figure out what they had actually seen But Schusler had investigated to the point where he said that he physically visited the scene of where they believe the incident that had happened seven weeks after uh, the the Cash and Landrum had reported having their encounter. And he didn't know what he was going to find, but he said that he was shocked to discover that there was a large area of pavement that had been or seemed to be scorched seemed right. to have scorch marks like that on it like the asphalt was burned yeah. right one, the,
3: the one interesting thing like I know that he 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 uh, investigated the car as well and one thing that he doesn't mention is the handprint in the dashboard right. I feel like so, that would be pretty significant
0: <laughs> that is a point of contention whether there is they didn't take any photos of the imprint in the dashboard I I don't think that was actually a part of, you know, it, of Schuster's investigation that he had actually witnessed that or seen that. I, I'm not sure. Maybe the vinyl had reformed or maybe I'm not sure if it had 100% happened. So that is a point of
2: I thought about it and I was like, OK, so maybe they were in the car. It got they say it got really hot. Mm-hmm. So maybe when so maybe when it cooled, maybe the hand maybe the handprint was like it wasn't necessarily like an imprint in the vinyl, but it was somebody with like moisture or something and like she put her hand on it and it was like, mo- I don't, I have no idea, but I'm just, if it was like a melted or like, you know, moldable vinyl and you put your print in it, I couldn't see it like f- cooling without whatever was pushed into it. So I thought may- like maybe like maybe. But I
1: wonder if it was one of those things where like maybe on a hot summer day, if you got in and put your hand, you could do that to the vinyl. Just kind of push As it, it, it would in.
3: reheat, it would just kind of like reform. But, like, do you know what but I mean? But that would so like, be like, what would be significant about that for her to talk about that? It was hot yeah. enough in the evening. Before.
1: It, it was hot enough in the evening that it happened within a matter of minutes
3: in Texas. I in don't te- know, like, how.
2: We are talking about like cars, like in what? Late 70s? So maybe, yeah, the,
0: may, probably, maybe yeah. it was like
2: a thick vinyl wrap and it was actually pretty soft and you could just do that on any day. And the, the fact that it happened during the accident, like you pushed into it and you could see a handprint and then maybe it did slowly rebound. I don't know. But.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, because there is the kind of, there is the contention, like I mentioned, where it was, I'm not 100% sure. In the Unsolved Mysteries episode, they described that she put her hand on the dashboard when they stopped the car. Yeah. And then there's another report, there's other reports where they said that she put her hand after the fact like after they had stopped. so uh, there's a, there's a little bit of a tough to discrepancy nail it.
2: yeah there. tough to nail it exact time of the handprint but
0: so now an interesting thing that Schusler noted uh, he said that after the discovery of the scorch marks on that section of pavement, he said that that's he reported that that section of the state road 1485 was actually repaved like days after he had investigated that site. That's a Schussler
2: says. I I heard days or I heard a week or two, but either way, by the time they went back there again, it was repaved. It was repaved. So goes the story.
0: So goes the story.
2: (laughs) So whatever happened there, someone knew about it and was trying to, if you go with the story, someone was trying to just get rid of it, whatever little evidence there was.
0: Yeah. So Schusler even went as far as to meet with other actual possible witnesses. So this included uh, Lamar Walker, who was a Dayton police officer at the time, and uh, he had reported seeing an actual formation of the same twin rotor military helicopters on that night in question. So he said that they he said that he recalled having their ground search landing lights on. Uh, Walker told UFO hunters in 2009 that they seemed to be looking for something, or that's what he—that's where he reported seeing, or that was his opinion. Um, there was actually another witness that they reported. His name was Jerry McDonald, and he had claimed that he had seen some type of object that was glowing with the intensity of what he compared to an acetylene acetylene torch, Damn. and that had actually. Uh, you know, crossed the skies over Dayton minutes before the actual uh, time that, or the approximate time that Cash and Landrum had had their encounter.
3: Now, the first witness only saw the helicopters, though he didn't see the craft itself.
2: No, you mm-hmm. seen the helicopters, and what Heath says is, judging by their report, that the hel- that the, those choppers were going in the direction of their sighting. But so, and he was a, pl- he was a police officer, right? Yes. Said? So, mm-hmm. and he, he just no he noticed these twin rotor, he didn't say 23 though, right? He said that.
3: You act like that, you act like that adds some credibility to his statement though, because like, I, I'll tell you for one thing, like I know, I know a law enforcement officer very well, <laughs> probably one of the shadiest dudes I know. I would not <laughs> think his report to be credible whatsoever. It's true. So, okay. Well, to me, he just happens to be a, just a normal guy. We'll
2: take the benefit of the doubt away from him, but he did say, "Now, what? What I would want to know is, did he say this after knowing about the story, or did he say this independently, just being investigated?"
0: Not a hundred percent sure. Yeah,
2: I, I didn't really find like if he knew about the encounter and then he gave an a statement on saying he's seen the helicopters or he's seen the helicopters without knowing about these right i don't th-
0: i'm not 100 sure if he gave an exact number about how many helicopters or he remarked on like uh you know an unusual amount of helicopters or he just saw maybe two or three because if that one pilot i mean eh, that one pilot said they were flying during that night maybe it was more than one didn't, uh, he didn't say there was 23 or 20 or
3: every single helicopter in the state yeah. basically mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but uh both betty and vicky they pursued this uh they pursued this case like their their incident their encounter they believe that something happened and something had affected uh both of them and becky you know was at the you know, as it was at this point that she was suffering this medical conditions that had left her unable to work. They had left; her, she had actually had to move in back with her mom in Alabama, I believe. Uh, it, so she couldn't. It is
3: important to note, though, that she left the hospital after a two week stay. So four days after the event, she went, and got admitted to the hospital. She left after a two week stay with the only diagnosis of uh, alopecia areata. That's right. it. For the, so hair, loss for the this, hair loss, with a with with a fucking bloated face, some a sunburn, and a diagnosis of the alopecia. That seems like
0: a for long it, time to be in a
2: hospital, loss. though, to be just for alopecia, maybe. Or?
0: Right? They said that they had run other tests, or it was reported that the the hospital had run tests, but they came back inconclusive, or that they just didn't show anything.
2: Right, and it's probably like if i'm not I'm not pointing any fingers, but I'm just saying if someone went to the hospital and they're saying they're sick and they couldn't stand up, the hospital would never tell them to go home right so I'm, you
3: could say like um if you came into a hospital explaining these things, if they ran tests and they couldn't find everything and everything came back inconclusive, they would most definitely be like, This is an emergency room. we need to clear up this bed. you need to fucking kick rocks
2: so <laughs> now they if you if you Absolutely. if you went in and said that. They wouldn't keep even though you're saying I can't walk and I'm sick. They would just say, well, all your tests say you're healthy. So get out of here. <laughs> get the f- get out. <laughs> if you can walk, you will be gone. Well, that's also like we're, we're judging by probably by hospitals that are running at capacity. Maybe the s- smaller county had more room and they were allowed to stay longer. But either way.
1: Well, hold on. We're also thinking in two different sorts because here we have public health care. So it's like. Yeah, we got too many beds, you gotta go. But there, they're like, We're in the money. You wanna stay for we're two in the money. <laughs> he, they're like, they're like, You wanna stay another day? Stay. 100%. Oh, you look a little sh-
3: hey, you look a little shaky on your legs. Why don't you come back into bed? It's fine. We're gonna run a couple more
0: tests. They the stay doctors no like lo-
1: their doctors are looking, they're like, God damn, she's got good insurance. Keep
0: her here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't bar, think baby. they were because she was on Medicare. Like, so they didn't have like super awesome insurance. Like, so government. Is well, Medicare I mean, government. Is Medicare
2: in the States, that's like that's that your the state's universal health care is like if you're on Medicare yeah, kinda, you kind of yeah. get this basic coverage kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. I'm pretty. I don't think it covered. It probably didn't even cover most of those tests. Like I don't like if they were really advanced tests or something like really. Niche or something like that. I don't think they would have covered those. it. It might have covered. So then they like, have this woman that's just like she cold, was. Like, I, I'm pretty sure, like uh, from what I was reading, like at the point, at some point, like she had racked up like ten thousand, at least ten thousand dollars in medical debt. Like, which like, see all, all that all makes hmm. sense. Then what, when we get I to the what next, they're going to do to pay yeah, for Yeah, what's the recourse to that? Right? right?
1: Hmm.
0: Payment plan. Like, I don't, like <laughs> well, no, so, like,
1: you would eventually be like, someone's got to pay for this. Like, I right, got hurt and someone's yep. got to pay and it ain't right. going to be me
0: yep and you're justified in thinking that and so they thought that the person or the people to blame was the government because they believed that, that when they had seen those helicopters pursuing this cra- or seemingly pursuing this craft they recalled identifying these heli- these these aircraft as having United States military markings on them right Uh, They reported this in a uh, deposition that they had gone. Um, uh, They had actually been summoned to after they had reported their incident and they had contacted their Texas senators, both Lloyd Benston and John Tower at the time. And the senators had just suggested that they file a complaint with the judge advocate claims office at Bergstrom Air Force Base. So they were summoned to Austin, Texas to give their interview. So if you look it up, um. I, was this I,
1: after? Was my question is, was this? Did they get summoned to this des, des, uh, deposition after be, going to that air show?
0: Uh, these, this was uh, August 1981 when they got summoned to this. So I, it probably was sometime after that. I'm
1: pretty yeah, sure. So they've seen them up close now.
0: Right. So they've seen these 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 aircraft in daylight. And daylight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they were specifically questioned on that during their deposition. You can look it up, like Cash Landrum deposition or interview. Uh, it comes up. They have a the transcript of the actual interview. It's about two pages, um, and they were interviewed by uh, acting staff, staff judge advocate Captain Terry Davis, uh, and uh, claims officer and Miss Pat Wolf, an assistant claims officer. And in this interview, they they asked him about exactly I found what I found what most interesting was they asked him about the markings on the aircraft. They said, Did you see markings on the aircraft? Were they written out? How do you know that they were United States military? And they said, Well, we saw it on there. And they're like, Well, did you see it written out? Did you see it written out in print? They're like, No, well, not exactly. Like, we saw like just markings. Not a, it's not 100 clear if you look at the recorded deposition i'm not sure exactly what they what said they, what they exactly what they saw because right. they don't really say that we saw the you know we saw the star with the stripes air force uh you know they don't say that they just saw they they saw something printed on the side but they assumed that this was you know and united it- states military aircraft
3: and isn't that when um, uh, Kobe piped up and said, "Yeah, just like the one we saw in fucking Dayton,"
0: right? So at some point, like during there, so they're like they had seen these aircraft, but it's just they had seen these dual rotor aircraft. So it's I don't know if you go through that interview, it's a little bit kind of like <laughs> I I found the interview kind of strange because it's like why would you interview all three at the same time? That seems kind of weird.
2: You think you'd separate, separate and get. Stories on their own and see if they right. So manage. I always
0: feel like when I read that, I'm like, well, either they weren't really taking it seriously as a, you know, as an interview, so I'm, or you know, it, it's just they they did it wrong or they just they fucked up and they should have just interviewed them individually. Like, they pr- they probably know. should have. But so I think there's
2: two different ways to think about it. One is they seen these dual rotor helicopters. I'm sure they say 23 or 26, but maybe they were guessing. But they seen them and then they see them again at the air show, and they're like, oh, and then they match, like, oh, I seen that aircraft back then. Or, <clears throat> if you're going to, like, skeptically look at it, they seen the aircraft and be like, yeah, that's the one, and they're just, like, making it up. That's the two different sides. So, either they seen the aircraft fly overhead, and, I mean, we're going to get to the theories at the end, but maybe this was some type of experimental aircraft that, you know, that no one wants. You didn't want to know about and it had some type of propulsion and it was shaped weird blah 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 and that's why there's so many helicopters so it's either they seen helicopters that night during this encounter and then they seen them again at the air show and then they matched them or they seen them at the air show only and you know they're making it all up and that's yeah. what has been the whole time
0: so the the remarkable things about this case is that it is actually well documented thanks to the depositions of the the two women and and Colby like giving this out. but also in the fact this is one of the unique cases that they actually you have actual lawsuits filed uh for damages yep. yep against like a pretty much against a UFO cash and Landrum filed a suit uh, against the United States government in 1982 and they were seeking 20 million dollars in damages so hey, you gotta shoot your shot man yep I mean I guess um because actually during the uh during the interview if you go ahead and read that they recommend that it's like uh, uh they they pretty much at the end of the interview they tell them like there's fuck all we can do with you do for you. We can't do anything because the United States government doesn't have a body to uh, investigate these claims anymore. We can send your, your report up and we'll do that because it's paperwork. So we'll do that. But there's nothing really with that we can do. And, you know, uh, you know, Cash and Landrum are obviously upset about this and the thing. And they said, well, you can, you know, you should maybe talk to a civil attorney. I guess they talked to a civil attorney and the attorney told them like, yeah, you should go for $20 million in damages. 20 million. I, I guess. A I don't know. In 1980. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, they claimed that the military was responsible for the injuries and the, the health issues that they were experiencing uh, up to that point. So in night but in 1986 the US district court uh dismissed the case due to lack of evidence which so,
2: there is of because there's they didn't take pictures of the dad like they didn't take pictures or anything of all the stuff they were talking about there's
3: Well I'm it's the 80s though right yeah, like, exactly. what would they be packing for cameras uh
0: you know what I had said before he cited that actual military investigation that was uh, that had been done by Lieutenant Colonel George Saren and where the court had determined that the official records couldn't corroborate uh, that the army had deployed CH-47s on that night uh, or that any branch of the military had actually uh, or, or any branch of the military That's had possession. It was secret. Yeah. Well, no, it was great.
1: <laughs> even they ha- even had a major uh, uh, Dennis Hare uh, like testify that like He's like, I'm the commander of the troop and I personally have no knowledge of any mission and I was not personally flying any helicopter that night. And that was it. And they're like, that's our proof that we weren't doing anything because this guy said he wasn't there and he doesn't have knowledge of it. That's what I mean.
2: Like if you did say it was like an experimental flight of something, something that had like a jet engine out the bottom and that's what it actually did burn the road and then they're like all right no one whatever whoever's involved in this tonight would never speak like you sign the nda or whatever and you just don't speak about it. cuz it wasn't really much except i'm going to get to my theory at the end but like these these this car of people witnessed it and i mean one of the theories is they used this event to justify pre-existing health conditions or whatever and that's why no one ever talked cuz they're like well it's just one one like one party Versus this experimental program, there's no reason for us to, like, f- say it was a real thing. But,
0: I don't know. Yeah, so, um, this th- this case, you know, runs in, that's pretty much, like, the the end of the case. Both um, Betty and Vicky passed away. They never saw pretty much a dime of any of this thing. Their their lives were pretty much changed. They are very much changed they, about this. Um, one thing to add into that,
3: though, is they lived full lives. Right. They, yeah. Before yeah. they passed away. Not. Yeah. So. No. Not both. Yeah. Betty died in her seventies. That's a full life, man.
2: Well, she died seventy, and and, the, and Vicky was yeah. eighty-four. Yeah. 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 So they That's, both
0: lived. Yeah, pretty full lives of of what they did. Um, yeah, I guess. I think Betty Betty reported, you know, still suffering some of the 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 from the effects of this craft or what she she uh, attributed to the craft. So. Sounds
3: like she had a few open heart surgeries after having an MI and then she ended up getting a bilateral mastectomy and I think passed away after that. Right. Right. I think she was diagnosed
0: with breast cancer at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: she had the mastectomy. Mm -hmm. She had cancer
2: because there was radiation. That that was the onset from this craft.
3: It's cute radiation syndrome.
2: Maybe. But it. so in Unsolved Mysteries, when they're talking about Colby, they're like, this guy is going to have to make choices if he wants to have a family, like he's severely... Psychologically affected from this incident.
0: After- well, he's got PTSD because he saw the second coming. So I mean, yeah, yeah. His
2: grand, this, this this elderly lady screaming that it's the second coming of Christ, and
0: then yeah, it ugh, like that's so nuts because his grandma, at even in the deposition, they were like asking her like, "What were you doing?" Like what were you doing with Colby, like while they were outside the car? She's like, "Well, I was telling him to look at it, look at the light, because if he, you know, look into the light and look for a big man, because that's Jesus, and you need to like face him." At that that's in the deposition. Like that's that is, if that if that is the official. You're document, gonna have to
3: tell this man your sins and you're sorry. Yeah, yeah. Colby now has a lifelong fucking fear of Jesus and Werther's originals. Right, <laughs> that's not to do with either of them. But like. That's what I mean. Like,
2: if it was just this old lady yelling about Jesus, like the Second Coming of Jesus, but there was nothing for him to relate it to. Like, if it was nothing, that's what makes me think like it was some type of it was a craft of some kind. They was in the wrong place, wrong time, and they seen this craft and this old lady screaming. It's the Second Coming of Christ, and this other lady Betty gets out, and she claims that she gets zapped by this thing, and the handles are burning. Like, and maybe it was because this experimental craft. Was blasting, you know, a like a a flame at the ground, and that heated up the car a little bit. So this kid is fucked up. He's seven years old. He's not old enough to. He's not really old enough to know what's. Really happening yet?
3: If he was, like, no. not- well, either were the two elderly people in there. One of them thought it was fucking Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this poor kid. <laughs> I thought, I thought one of the one of Good the point. unusual thing, not unusual, but I thought one of the remarkable things about their deposition was that they both didn't. They they staunchly believed that this was not some type of UFO. They believed it was some type of military craft. Some craft. They weren't. They uh they talked about almost with people who were investigating it as a UFO. They said they had been contacted by people who believed it was a UFO or wanted to put kind of a you know a UFO spin on their story and they talked with almost like disdain. They're like, these people are charlatans. These people are we we don't want to talk to them because they just want to put out a sensational story. It was something it hurt us. It and if it's hurt us and it might hurt other people's family, we just want to know what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would Im- I'd imagine that like the the
3: uh UFO just ufoologist, am I saying that wrong? Euphol, Ufo- it It's ufologist or UFOologist. You can say it either know. way. No, either it's not a real or. thing. They must have been. <laughs> they must. They must have been hot on the trail of this, though, because like, isn't this fucking crazy close to the Rendlesham incident in terms of time? Are you talking about yeah. Can't time when? Yeah, I can
2: remember when was R- Rendlesham eighty four. Well, the other
3: one happened. Rendlesham happened in the UK, but I'm right. talking time wise, right? Because and then we also had like. Um, investigators from the U.S. investigate Rendlesham.
2: Well, because that was a military U.S. military base at the time. Right. It was a joint. In, it, was a joint, joint it was a joint or joint, joint base. UK, yeah. Joint. UK, right. And which US happened
3: base. like within months. Well, yeah.
2: Okay. Rendlesham quick search was t- December twenty sixth to twenty eighth, nineteen eighty. So that's like right days before. Days before. Like right days. before.
3: Exactly right. So that's fucking shit's heating up, man.
2: So something something's well, happening, perhaps.
1: I, I'm going to, like, I will go out and, like, my theory of it, I don't think this incident is UFOs at all. I don't. I believe that this is, in fact, they what they saw. I believe they saw something, but what I believe they saw was some sort of experimental craft. Yeah. Or the same thing f- that we discussed on the ATT Confidential Devil's Footprints. It was a uh, experimental balloon that, you know, let loose. <laughs>
3: Had some jet, um, some propulsion listen, system. <laughs> listen, though, hold on. I want to jump in on that really quick because you said uh, you said experimental balloon. What fucking shape was this thing? A diamond. Diamond. And where was the fire coming from? Bottom. The bottom. And what Dan explained it, it would like puff up and go psh, and then kind of die out and go psh. What the fuck does that look like in A your hot, head? A hot air balloon. A hot air balloon, exactly. Now,
1: I would like to think that like, do I believe it was balloon? No. What I believe is... That they were probably testing some sort of craft that had an experimental propulsion system, and that's why I like don't a believe it's aliens. Propulsion? There's no, yeah, exactly, maybe. some sort of maybe because like well, aliens we, wouldn't use a combustion system like that for traversing. No, s- like a fuel no system. Chance. like that. It would be too. It'd be too far. Like it'd be. You would expend too much. Yeah, it's
3: too but it's too archaic too. Like out of every single UFO story we've talked about, we've never heard of an archaic fucking combustion system like this before in no. any of the fucking crafts we've nope. talked about. Yep. That's why this one's nope. us. It's us 100%. <laughs> 100%.
1: Now, now, having said that, there's two possibilities. One is there. There's a, like a nuclear it's a, some sort of nuclear propulsion and these people um
2: Wrong you know, place, wrong time. Feel the
1: effects. Wrong place, wrong time, and the <laughs> helicopter is exactly that. They're escorting this craft, be- or they're just tailing it because it's not working properly. Um my, my, my we know. One issue. We know there's so many like airports and air bases in Texas. They're fucking all over the place. So I don't think it's I don't think it's unfathomable to reason like rule out Texas as a place after Area 51 that
3: was used to try experimental aircrafts. The, the, my one issue now with this potential nuclear engine or propulsion uh, system that they would be test piloting is if that nuclear energy is what gave them their illnesses, they all three of them would have been fucking dead. So, yeah, to I will. Those, so, in to do to induce those types of symptoms related to ARS you would be fucking dead that's like 6 to 8 fucking gy which is enough to kill someone
0: and i will i will say to andrews point that uh nuclear propulsion and both and to address brayden's point about a nuclear propulsion system those things do exist a nuclear propulsion system and the concept for nuclear pr- propulsion systems do exist and you know project pluto well yeah project pluto is one and um but those things, all they pretty much do is use the heat from a nuclear reaction to uh, to ignite like liquid hydrogen. Right, that's pretty much what they do. So it's not like they're, they're spewing radiation out the back of the thing because it's like that would be a really shitty way to uh, you know for an aircraft that was either if you're thinking about landing it somewhere, it, it, it seems like a really shitty way logistically to be like okay, well. We need an aircraft that takes off, if, even if it's some sort of like VTOL craft. You're like, I want a nuclear powered VTOL craft that also irradiates everything within like a, a hundred foot radius. Like, Well, that's, I, that's uh, the thing. That's, uh, uh, what if, that's nuclear power.
3: What if, what if it was damaged and the helicopters were escorting it back to the fucking airbase?
1: Exactly. Well, that would make sense. Like it, it
3: didn't seem flying properly.
0: Right. But even then it's like, if it were damaged, I don't think it would work. Like, I don't like, it, I, I don't think it would spew enough radiation, but like you said, it's like, if it were acute radiation, like thing, when their teeth be fucking out, when you see like their kidneys shutting down, you'd see like would all be kinds of like, a, really fucked up t- shit going on. So for example, between
3: six and eight GY, which is what their symptoms are indicative of the exposure levels. You have a ninety-five to a hundred percent mortality rate.
0: Yeah, you see shit. I mean, we all, or <laughs> most people, have watched the TV show Chernobyl, or they've watched yeah. a documentary about Chernobyl. Those motherfuckers got irradiated and they're dead, like in right? So, you, so
3: what we know <laughs> is you either would die instantly from this radiation, or you would turn into the Hulk. Neither happened. No, right.
1: that's what I'm saying. Is like that's there's there was only two options. It was that they stumbled upon this nuclear powered craft. Or, this craft craft had some sort of propulsion system that heated up, and all the other symptoms are a pure coincidence, and I'll leave it to Dan to tell his theory, because mine ties into his.
2: Well, that's exactly where I'm going with so I'll, I'll give mine first. So I think that, yes, there was a craft. I think it probably was an experimental drone or balloon or something and maybe it wasn't, not necessarily it had malfunctioned completely, but they're like, oh, shit, this thing's, like, well off course. Like, so maybe a couple of these helicopters were pulling it back. Do I think there was 23 helicopters? It seems redundant to have that many if you're following a small object to have 23. So maybe there was a handful, and they they got confused with the lights or whatever. But I think that there was a craft. They probably did see something the medical bills piled up and then they re, re maybe recanted the statements to try and match it better to try and be like, okay, well yeah, all this is because the radiation of this craft. But as far as ra- radiation, we, we were just talking about it. Like the radiation causes the heat, like in like, uh, like nuclear power, like it causes the heat and it boils the water and the water turns a turbine. And that's what causes the power. It's not like, so if it was new nu- nuclear, it wasn't, radiating pure it was yeah it was creating heat to generate thrust on something else it was some weird engine so i think it was this they're in the wrong place at right at the wrong time but then they turned it into we're in the right place at the right time to push the story do i think it was aliens no because as we said there's no alien craft that we've ever talked about that has a, a propulsion out the bottom and it seems to just bob around in a weird way so
0: do you want brain you want me to get my theory because you want to fucking tie yours in yeah mine ties into dance <laughs> there we go so my theory my theory is that a lot of symptoms, like a majority if not all of the symptoms that all of them experience to varying degrees are all symptoms that can be associated or products of food poisoning
3: alopecia not acutely no no it's a
0: foot it's a food but you can get like severe cases of salmonella ex- and other and types of food exactly, poisoning you can Dan, get and,
3: and you can but acutely within fucking hours of coming in contact with the fucking what about alopecia with the parasite i think you could she, you it did. was state no you but you, you think you're wrong you can't <laughs> the only type of fucking hair loss you can fucking achieve from a said parasite like that is diffuse hair loss, which means you're not going to be pulling. She didn't say it was not, immediate hair loss. Yes, she did. It is in their statement that when they came home later that night, Betty no, started pulling clumps check, from she her hair. She didn't check
0: on Betty until later, and then, and then she was, realized she was losing her hair.
3: It was later that night. But here's the
1: thing, Andrew. And within, What Listen. I'm saying is with
3: diffuse, with diffuse hair loss it would come in effect within three to four months after due to an, an inflammatory disease. These
1: ladies are eating
3: gastor pep and cheds, <laughs> Andrew. I understand that. Right? but that, You know what that does to your guts? Yeah, but it's diffuse. You would not be, be pulling it out in clumps. It would be shedding everywhere like your hair is falling out right now.
0: Yeah. It's not in fucking Acute. certain
3: spots. It would be fucking
0: throughout the entire tri- scalp. But maybe it might also trigger... A, a triggered an autoimmune response and then she had alopecia areata which is a thing that can happen in sudden onset she probably
3: she probably has alopecia areata to begin with not from fucking salmonella then
0: it's just a combination of the two then i'm saying that the she also had alopecia areata and she also had so it's just a strange confluence of events that she also had extreme po- like food poisoning
3: mm. Be- betty and landrum had the exact same symptoms they both had that ex- exact same rare occurrence no they, they both were from it they didn't
0: both Lose that hair,
3: Vivi- Vivian said. She lost her hair from this. She lost her hair and fucking fingernails from it. Wait, wait, wait a second here. Okay, her <laughs> or Vicky. So no, Braden- bullshit. Braden- I call fucking bullshit Braden- on that. I'm just calling I-
1: bullshit, Brayden, What were you gonna say?
3: No, I,
1: I, I'm, I'm with Dan. I think I'm sure you th- are. That <laughs> they like, th- it's just a happenstance of coincidence. I believe the women saw something. Yeah, I believe they saw some sort of experimental craft. I don't believe that craft irradiated them. I believe they were irradiated from the diner down the road by eating rotten pep and chips, <laughs> where some gas gas they, station they hobo made the was changing of the
0: expired fish dish. and chips at a truck stop restaurant, and you got fucking food poisoning, dude. Like, yeah, they
2: probably all were getting halibut cod, dude. I would agree that if you had the shitty gas station food, that the diarrhea and the fever and all that stuff, but to just immediately start losing your hair seems wild to me.
3: No, it seems unfathomable.
1: Listen, I had a bad batch of popcorn and melted a hole in a cement wall. Right? Like weird shit can happen. (laughs) Yeah, your hair
3: was falling out far before that happened.
1: Right? Food can do weird shit to your body. I'm not gonna lie there, food can do weird shit to your body.
2: To your hair falling out, I don't know. But I'm the same
0: But here's the thing, the stress as but as to the craft, I, no, I didn't I, but I didn't address the craft. So as to the craft the stress. maybe they did see something, but also with the extreme case of Salmonella, you can't have hallucinations. Was that what it was? I don't know. All three of them? Um, Boys, how
3: long do you digest? How long does it take you to digest that fucking food? Colby was seven oh,
0: years old, so he I, wouldn't have, He would just would have known what they told him. I don't know if he was exactly looking at what he what he saw, or whether he was describing what they saw. They finished their
3: food within like fucking how long of them leaving and experiencing this fucking this
0: encounter? Max
1: one hour. No, but I, we're I'm exactly. Not, yeah, I'm not saying that they you didn't see.
0: Uh, I've seen. I see. I ate. I we, I ate with Braden at a restaurant in Thailand, and in half an hour, they were fuck him. He was fucking dying. You yeah, yeah dying. because he probably had food poisoning from the meal he ate before that. No, 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 I
1: ate bad shrimp. It was bad shrimp at the restaurant. Shrimp, come
3: on, quick! I knew when he I, had I to ate poop it. Poop
0: in a trash can. <laughs> I knew when I ate it. Yeah, that's Braden. That's what yeah. Happens that happens often. Apparently,
3: know. we've multiple fucking encounters in that.
0: I don't
1: discount there that they saw something. I believe they saw an experimental craft. I don't believe that they got all those symptoms from said craft. I believe that it was m- most likely uh, maybe she had a mild, what is it, Appalachia or whatever it's called, <laughs> alopecia. Before. Yeah. Alopecia. Um, alopecia. Alopecia. Uh, alopecia. <laughs>
3: alopecia. They
1: listen. They. This is a stressful event for listen, someone. She had. She had minor alpaca. Okay. She had minor alpaca. Serious and you know, they had some bad pep and cheds. They're already feeling bad. They see this event, which is like the amount of stress induced. It, she thought she was seeing Jesus. She was prepping a seven year old to meet his to meet maker. God. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she was stressed. So I imagine the stress and the post-traumatic stress of this thing. Could have triggered the hair loss faster. Like I'm saying that okay. it's a perfect, it's a perfect blend of coincidence. It's a perfect like, shitstorm. Yes, they were sick from food, gas station food, because they they couldn't get the bingo rig, Right, like <laughs> they saw an experimental craft. You know, she had the hair loss from the stress from it all. Like I'm, I'm saying it's a, it's a <clears> perfect <throat> storm of coincidence on this one. It's not straightforward, but I hear you. The combination of events led to this.
2: I don't know. Did we all give theories? Should we should we wrap the? We I don't wrap know. It up?
3: Uh, you guys all missed the easy fucking layup here. Aliens? What's that? It's obvious. No, it's not aliens. <laughs> it's a publicity stunt for what? What you guys all forgot to mention is that Betty Cash is fucking Johnny Cash's fucking third cousin twice oh, removed. Before she died, she attempted to release the single single, "Burning Ball of Fire."
2: Oh, and, the, and said then said it?
3: I drove into a burning ball of fire. I drove, 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 the bright got brighter. It's bright, 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 this ball of fire. Never got released. She died too early. Died too early? Simple as that. It's all a fucking publicity (laughs) stunt. I drove into a burning ball of fire. As I drove no you drove, drove can do it over Skype. None of that's true.
1: None of that's true. <laughs> what
3: are you talking about? It's just about as true as fucking losing your hair to sudden onset fucking food poisoning. That's set in within an hour. That happens. <laughs> no, it doesn't. As soon as you're going to be showing symptoms of food poisoning, is maybe two hours. Right. Maybe.
1: Let's uh, let's fire up the Randomatron. Uh, I know we've got a bunch of new fan stories. All right. Oh, I'm so
3: angry. I can't do this anymore.
2: (laughs) He finished his beers before the pod. He's just, that's what he's mad about more than anything, I think. All right, Randomatron coming up. (inaudible) (laughs) Oh, I'm dying. (laughs) Coronavirus.
1: Here he comes. It's working Ooh.
2: extra overtime today.
1: Ooh. Just pumping. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, we got a nice fan submission. A Jason Bourne fan submission. Um, nice. I'd like to remain anonymous. I don't wish to lose my career over questions of my mental fitness. Oh, shit. Fucking Damn. Jason Bourne. He's going to get kicked hey, out of the...
3: Hold on a sec. Are you sure you haven't read this one already? Yeah. There's okay. a
2: lot of Jason Bournes out
1: there.
3: I know but this even the beginning of it sounds very familiar. Um is, it, is he a security guard?
2: Uh-oh.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not read this? You de- yes, you did. I've heard it. Why how else would it, I know that? It came
1: it came it literally came f- last week. February 21st. I-
3: I'm fucking 99% sure you fucking talked about this story. We, it hasn't even been a week since we've done a case file. No, I told, I
1: had I to, I mentioned, to, I pre read this one and I mentioned it to you guys. I
3: don't think so, but go ahead, continue. Let's well, now it. I'm not going to read it.
1: No, you're in. Because of Andrew? No, you have to read, read the it. story. I've re- never read the I've, fucking listen, story. Read listen, it. Listen, okay. I, I've never okay. read this one. Read I know it. I haven't. He you knows right. you know better. I did do one last week. He you knows better. Okay, so I work as a security guard for a local company, and I usually work overnight patrol of about 80 properties. Sound familiar? No. Andrew thinks he's heard it word for word. Andrew's drunk. Don't listen to him. Yeah. One night when I arrived at a car dealership, I noted some hot headlights in a field behind the property. I pulled off and began walking back to stay quiet. And interrupt any criminal activity. Saw no one. I continued back to the back fence. And I stood up on the support to peer over it. Because I could still see the headlights in the field. I looked over and everything went white. I opened my eyes. And I was lying on the ground. No clue what happened. But the light was gone. And forty-five minutes had passed. Also, my gun had been removed from my holster. The magazine BP. The magazine BP was lying next to it. I don't I don't know what the magazine BP is.
0: Magazine I'm pretty sure I remember the story.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking knew it. <laughs> pretty no, sure I, no.
0: were you telling this one? No. You told the no, story. I, he yes, you did, I did.
2: Uh, he told it to us, but he didn't. I, I on told it the to you
1: guys. I didn't
3: read it. There's no way you told okay. us the story. Okay. Oh, right. When does that ever happen? Uh, after
1: everyone can uh, make sure to vote, and the next vote, Andrew and Dan at the bottom. Yeah, put. For, put for I've never read this. Just put me on third. Take a, I'm always constantly at third. I'm fine with that. I'll take a number and, uh, two. I'll take a number look, two. I'll be fun. Fun to get up there. It's shitty because this is a, such a good story. Now we're not doing it justice. Uh, the magazine BP was lying next to it and the 13 bullets were standing next to the magazine on the ground, hollow points up. Come to find out, the next time I went for target practice, these were all duds. I really have no clue exactly what happened, but I've had dreams of being abducted a couple times since, but that's probably just my mind trying its best to piece together what happened that night, or so I hope so. Best wishes, Anonymous, Jason Bourne.
2: I remember the story, but I don't know where you told it to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I,
0: yeah. No, No,
1: because I'll tell you this. I know I, I was going to read this one last week, but I didn't. I told you guys about it. And the story I read instead is I told the story about the guy who was like, at the end of his story, he goes, uh, except for Braden or something. But he made fun of me yeah, at the end yeah, of his yeah, story. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, right? yeah, I, I remember yeah. that. I, ca- I told you guys about this one. Yes, definitely. For this week. Okay. I've heard this story right, I remember sure. you saying
2: I submitted it to the Randomatron but I I don't know when that was either it way it just
1: got submitted to alien theorists at gmail.com on February 21st 2021 so it's impossible that well, no, it's a, it's your story is true it's, my story is true I think no you decide you, the truth you might have told it on after hours to be honest
2: either way that's a good fucking story uh, maybe I did the yeah. hollow dud hollow points afterwards Fucking crazy,
1: wild. I don't know. Get some hip hypnotic regression if you're listening to this, uh, Jason Bourne. Try some hypnotic regression if you if you want to try to learn more about what happened. You doesn't hurt to try, or it does. Who knows? It I don't might, know. but it might not.
2: <laughs> so either way, you should try. It might
1: awaken some shit. You you're gonna be touring conventions like Travis Walton after this. Who knows? Yep. I don't know. Do whatever you want.
2: All right, theory of the week. Andrew you've got a theory
3: of the week. We've got a theorit of the week, Eric Smith for his fucking amazing post on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, He reposted a New York Times article of a Texas plumber, soon's car dealer, after his truck ends up on a Syria on the Syria front lines. It's got a picture of Mark One plumbing truck with a fucking machine gun mounted to the back of it. And his Eric Smith's caption is: "Is this Zell's truck? That's my fucking truck." My truck is over there in Syria somewhere. I'm telling you, 08. Oh, I mean, this one's not a taco like your
2: you're middle East the one with was. A 50
0: but mounted on the back,
2: I got an 08 taco. I got some of
3: my fucking cousins in there, fucking saying Alhamdulillah. My 08 it's taco, my 08 taco break. got
2: stolen with 140,000 clicks on it, kilometers.
3: Oh, what year was it?
2: 08. So it's th- three years ago.
3: Twenty. 000. That's a twenty thousand dollar truck. Yeah,
2: it was a twenty. Yeah, I got like twenty four thousand for insurance. It was awesome. So I got ended up, ended up getting the exact same truck, different different color. But it got stolen. If I only tell the story usually in depth at fan meetups when I'm really drunk. But my yeah, truck got... Yeah, in depth, st-
1: he's screaming it <laughs> at the whole bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I stole my truck! Uh, but my yeah, truck got stolen. Yeah.
2: When, they, when I talked to the cop, I was like, my truck got stolen, blah, blah, blah. He's like, what kind of truck? I was like, oh, wait, Tacoma. He's like, oh, yeah, it's probably in fucking Afghanistan. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? It's probably uh, in Afghanistan. it's like, yeah, like they steal trucks and they put them in shipping containers and they ship them over there and then like they could Taliban buy some shit. I was like, yep,
0: mountain 50 cals on the back, rocket launchers. So I
2: didn't believe him at first. And then I heard some of these stories. This is not the first one I've heard of like, yeah, my business truck is, I seen it on the news in Afghanistan or fucking Syria or something. And it's got a fucking 50 cal mountain in the back. It's a fucking, so my truck's over there.
0: I love that truck.
2: I loved it. Made me buy some other shitty, not as good, cool one. I'll never forget it. So if I ever see it on the news, I'm coming for it. I'm coming. <laughs> I was it a back. nice
3: truck.
1: I really So like basically, back. uh, you can directly you like Zell's seven degrees of nine eleven is <laughs> fairly close. My
2: truck is seen on TV and anything yeah. do over there. Yeah. No. Come on. <laughs> that's funny though. Oh, that's good shit. Stop stealing <laughs> trucks, guys.
3: Come on. Buy, yeah, buy your own just fucking trucks. Just truck. stop stealing in general.
2: Sucks. Stop stealing. Buy your own fucking trucks yeah, for whatever cause you doing. want. Fuck my truck. My truck is an innocent little work truck. Transported I think that's fair. carpentry equipment and musical yeah. instruments, and that's it. Stop th-
1: trying to liberate your countries from Western oppression.
2: <laughs> Not with my <laughs> truck, at least. Get your own fucking truck. <laughs> Anyways, this week's Patreon supporters if you're not already go check it out early access discord everything we say it every week we finally did it we had a 600 person goal and we finally finally made it with these people Woo! this week Ooh, full year pledge by mick full year pledge by tyler mick? cross ed nice. kettlers james Daniel chuck teddy paris Cody Dixon. Cody from Manitoba. Thanks, brother. We appreciate it. Jay Wiseman. Colleen McElvin. Cousin Balthazar. Isn't Balthazar some type of like demon of hell or something? Balthazar? Uh, I have to look it up. Exactly.
3: You would know. Uh, I thought it was
2: Babar's dad. He's he's an old friend. Babar's dad. A full year pledge by Stewie W. Stewie D. Hallam Knight went up. I am the one who knocks Kira (laughs) Anastasia James Calicott and A-M-A-Z-O or A-M-A-Z-O depending on which side of the border you reside on thank you very much for supporting the show
1: and as we always say at the end of these things keep those eyes on the skies